0: Amen. Fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. 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 Um, So we've been talking about being fruitful for the last seven, eight weeks, however long this is. Seven weeks? Seven weeks? This is seven. I think this is seven. Um, But so we've been talking about becoming fruitful as our beautiful display has. Um, Don't need to move it. That probably would help, wouldn't it, if I moved it up a little bit. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So that was me. It's a fit. You're supposed to do, that's the rule. The fist, and that's where you're supposed to put your, well, behind the scenes. Behind, you keep Johan happy, basically. That's what. And, um, <laughs> no, but, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, fruitful. Fruitful. We're called to be fruitful. Called to be fruitful. Um, yeah, so um, we're called to be fruitful. We talked about being fruitful. We defined what fruitful is. We talked about your power comes when you're connected to the vine. Um, we talked about body, soul, spirit. We've talked about a lot of things through this. And we talked about that the power comes from the vine, and we need to stay connected to, to the vine. And um, so last week, and then last week, we talked about, uh, we kind of hit it from a little bit different angle. We talked about being a friend of God. And um, hopefully this week you practice that a little bit. Um, walking in friendship with the Lord, and not just a, you know, the, the big, the big, big man in the sky kind of idea of who God is, but hopefully that that becomes a more, um, uh, uh, more normal thing for you that you walk with the Lord. You know, the Scripture talks about that we walk. Uh, it says he talks about the, um, uh, the, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit being with us, and we're called in fellowship with God. And so when we fellowship with God, we allow the the power of God to flow in us and through us. So let's go back to John 15. We're just going to read this until we all memorize it. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes. Ouch. And He prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Everybody say more fruit. More More fruit. Uh, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken uh, to you, remain in me and I in you, just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him produces much fruit. if I say, much fruit. Much fruit. Uh, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. All right, ouch, How many of you all have ever withered? I don't want to say, I was going to ask you how many of y'all are in a season of withering. Uh, isn't it good that you can be re- uh, regrafted? grafted Amen. Um, the, they got in the fire, they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you want and will be done for you. For my Father is glorified in this, that you produce much fruit and prove that you're my disciples. So um, we looked at this portion of Scripture for, oh, seven weeks, I wrote it down here, seven weeks. So um, we talked about fruit. We just want to go over some things, remind us. We talked about fruit as basically just producing kingdom stuff, kingdom stuff. Um, so the fruit of spirits kind of thing, the uh, deliverance, godliness, anything that c- the kingdom produces, that's what we're called to do, becoming like him and making him known. This is our job. It's not like a secondary thing. You're called to produce fruit, produce fruit, um, not just become a fruit. B could produce fruit. Fruit. This is our job. He, it comes by His power, right? So, um, you know, we said this, and uh, so I taught this morning on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the uh, Spirit Life class, and we talked about this, and I don't have the whole quote in front of me. Um, uh, you know, John Piper, he wrote, he wrote an interesting thing about um, the power of the Holy Spirit, and and we talk, and he talked about this idea of um, of it not just being, say, like, he, like many times we look, at our, we look at our lives and we look at the church, we look at being a Christian, as that we have a set of doctrines and we have a set of um, rules believe, of things that we're supposed to do. And so we believe the doctrines and then we do the rules and then we, then, we, then we do this and then we do that. And really what God's calling us into is a deeper place. He's called us into an ex- experiential relationship with him. And so many times when we talk about this idea of producing fruit, we we just do it as like this set of rules. No, God has power for us to walk in the, his ways. He has his ability, right? Because if if we're just going to be if we, if we don't need a, if we don't need power from the vine, then why would we even be, why would we want to be connected, right? We need power from the vine to produce the fruit that God's called us to do. But then, then teach it, there we go. This is where it gets, so you came, rain. it's a rainy Sunday. And then the pastor's going to talk about pruning. Some of you are right now going, man, I wish I would have rolled over. Because I could have listened to a little bit more positive message. This is a positive message. If you understand the pruning process, the pruning process parable of people. If you understand the pruning process, you would fully embrace the pruning process, right? So the scripture says, so Jesus is teaching, and he says the Father is the gardener, and he prunes those things that doesn't that, that doesn't produce fruit, right? He, well, actually, he cuts off the branches that don't produce fruit. But um, how many of, how many of you ever felt like God's pruned you? Like some of you go, like, man, I've been pruned. Let me let me just say that's good news. That means that you're already producing fruit. If, God's, already, if as God's ever corrected you about something, encouraged you about something, hey, He said you probably need to get this baby out of your life, or maybe, maybe there's some things that you need to change or anything, that's good news. That means you're already producing fruit. Because He said if you're not producing fruit, He's just going to cut you off and throw you into the fire. But if He's pruning you, that means that you're producing fruit, and He produces, and He wants you to produce more fruit. So that's good news that you're pruning. So you must be producing. So I have a couple of trees in my yard that um, I've actually gone out and I've started um, kind of pruning. I know that's a little late, but it, it, it is what it is. It'll be all right. I'm sure it'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? Except like disease and all that kind of stuff. But um, I decided to, like one of my trees, because of the sun, where my sun is, like it grows like in a certain direction. Anybody have trees like that in your yard? Because I have uh, lots of pine trees. So there's certain places in my yard that get a lot of sun, and there's certain places that don't. And so this poor tree, this actually beautiful Japanese maple that we actually have just growing in our woods, it was crazy. It's amazing. We just, I was out, never mind, that's a whole other story. But this Japanese maple is like growing like this. So I'm like out there, so I'm like pruning it to make sure that it grows. It stops growing this way and starts, maybe start growing a little bit this way. So the idea is to cut off where I don't want it to grow. So, they, so the energy, everybody say Energy. Yeah. The energy of the tree can go to the ones, to the branches that I want to start growing, right? So I prune it. Oh, yeah, 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 Ed. You should probably come over to my house and prune my trees. Like, So you get it. Is that right? Am I wrong? I'm, so I'm doing it right. Did I wait too late? Okay, good. Excellent. Whew. A little bit of professional advice right here in church. So, um, so I'm pruning it so that it will like, it'll get round instead of this way, right? So you prune it so that the energy of the tree can go to the places that you want it to go. Because if it doesn't, it's just wasting that energy that's in the tree. Amen? And so, and so what God says, it's God, the Father is the pruner. He says, there's things in your life that may even like, look like leaves and may even look like stuff, but it's not producing fruit. Matter of fact, it's robbing from the energy from the producing of that fruit. Wow. And God says He wants to prune those things out so that you can grow and produce fruit. All right. So let's do it like we did last week. Let's take a, a way, let's go on another way back trip to the, like, like, not like this is a little bit of a way back trip, the Bible. But we're going to go even further in the way back machine mm-hmm. and go into the time of Hezekiah. So if you have your Bibles and you want, to, well, Actually, I'm just going to tell the story, and then we're going to, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to um, turn or click or tap or whatever we do now. 2 Chronicles, chapter 29, is where we're going to kind of be. So, in the story, so a background of the story. So, what, what we're finding here in 2 Chronicles, um, and in 2 Kings for that matter, the same story is mirrored in that. In that, um, in that um, those two, actually, Second Chron- first and 2 Chronicles are very near. To 1st and 2nd Kings, right? So they're taught, telling the stories of the kings and then the divided kingdom. So there's a period of time where there's the kings of Israel and there was a divided kingdom, if you know your Bible and your Old Testament. There was a divided kingdom and there was Israel and Judah. And they, had, they were both the people of God and they had a schism and then they went this way. And so we're talking about, so King um, Hezekiah was a king in Judah, in Judah, where Jerusalem was, right? So, um, uh, so Hezekiah was a really good king. Hezekiah was a really good king. Um, and, um, but the backstory story is, is this, is his dad, uh, Ahaz, was not a good king. Actually, he was a terrible king, one of the worst kings, right? So Hezekiah, actually, I mean, uh, um, um, Ahaz, like right off the bat when you read about him, he talks about how he immediately starts worshiping Baal, right? And immediately he has his own child sacrifice. This is a bad, not good dude, right? So, so I'll, I'll, let me just clarify something. When we talk about Old Testament bad kings and worshiping other gods, we're not just talking about like, you know, some peaceful. No, we're talking about like a violent, weird, many times perverted, uh, sexual perversion, human sacrifice. This is what we're talking about. And so uh, many times we're like, I can't believe God would do that. Well, I can't believe some of these people would do what they're doing. Right. They're pretty evil stuff, right? And so, um, so he, would, he set up this whole system throughout the whole... Um, uh, uh, because the Assyrians are coming in, because he like, has enemies on all sides. Actually, the Assyrians have come in and actually infiltrated and become like influencers of, of the king and the people. So much so that there are like worship sites, there are Baal worship sites all over the kingdom, ancestor worship. Basically, and there was like, um, there were like worship stations like on every corner is what the scripture says. These Baal worship stations on there, they're like Starbucks or churches. Now, they're literally on every corner. These, I'm, well, I'm not talking about Baal and our churches on it, forgive me, but the, they're, they're like on every corner, right? They're on every corner. Like, and, um, and so this is rampant. And it's not just the king, it's everybody who called themselves people of God. They're all entering into all of this Baal worship. These people are just all going all into it. And then not only that is like at, at one point, like has, I mean uh, Ahaz like shuts the door of the temple, actually, he takes a bunch of stuff, throws a bunch of stuff in the temple. that's ungodly. Um, does a, like a bunch and then shuts the door, like leaves the temple, like the God to worship God, Yahweh. He they, they leaves that temple in shambles. Like it is, like it is, we have closed the door on Yahweh in this country and now we're Baal worshiping. And it's basically that. That is how bad it is when Hezekiah becomes king. And there's enemies all over the place. Mainly the Assyrians are like breathing down. And we know like a few kings later, they're just going to be taken away into captivity. It's only a matter of time. But so there's enemies all over. And so let's read Second Chronicles 29, in verse 1. It says, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother... Uh, whatever her name is, daughter of Zechariah, did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just as his ancestor David has done. Come on. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors. He, opened, he had to open them. <laughs> he opened the doors to the temple and repaired them. Then he, then he brought the priests and the Levites and gathered them in, uh, in the eastern public square, and he said to them, Hear me, is- uh, Levites. Consecrate yourselves, and consecrate the uh, the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove everything impure from the holy place. For our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned him, and turned their faces from uh, the Lord's dwelling place, and turned their backs on him. They closed the doors of the portico and extingu- extinguished the lamps and didn't, it did not burn incense. These, these are all things that were commanded them to do, right? And they did not burn uh, offerings in the holy place of the God of Israel. So Heze- Hezekiah stands up and says, no more. I've had all I can stand. He's Popeye, all of a sudden, and if you were old, old enough to remember, he's had all he can stand, he can't stand no more. <laughs> this is nonsense, I'm king now, and we're making some changes. And it's interesting that of all the things, like, l- l- let, me just, let me just meddle a little bit. We, as Christians, where we find ourselves in our culture is we have enemies all around. We have ungodly stuff going on all around us all around us. I don't want to go, I mean, I can go through the, I mean, you guys probably know all the stuff. You probably, probably know more than we all should know about the, all the ungodliness that's going on. The stuff our, our kids from and adults and all, all of us, the, the impact of this, of this, we feel like the Assyrians have taken over and they've set up Baal worship places all over the place, right? And the ungodliness that goes on all around us. And Hezekiah's, interesting, that Hezekiah's first thing was, we've got to clean up the house of God. We've got to clean up the house of God. Because we have allowed, Hezekiah says, we've allowed all the enemy stuff to become God's stuff. Right, right. We have brought all the evil stuff and we put it into our, and we've done the things that we've Not we, I'm talking about Hezekiah's day. If you're thinking about you, that's... Hmm. But I I say that to say this. We always talk about change and revival and all that stuff. It happens first in the house of God. The people that call themselves believers. Right? And God has called us. He's called the church in this hour to be like him, right? Interesting that Hezekiah didn't immediately summon all the armies. Let's go beat up all the Assyrians. He says, first, it's got to happen. He said, the temple's a wreck. It's got a bunch of garbage in it. He says, so actually what he does, he says, so all these guys, these Levites, these go. They go in, and they start taking stuff out of the temple that doesn't belong. They go in, and they start going, man, this is Baal worship stuff sitting next to the altar of incense. This doesn't belong here. Take it out, throw it out, go back in. This doesn't belong here. This belongs here, but nobody's using it. This belongs here, but nobody's using it. So let's set it back up. And light the incense again. And he changes and he says, We have to get the place of God in order. Take out all of the impure things from the last regime. And I was thinking about this, 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 um, as I was studying, you know what? Many of us have stories, our own lives have stories. And man, you can get up and tell your testimony and make everybody cry. And probably should because of what, what, what you were delivered from, all the things that have happened, in the all the things that you were involved with, all the things that maybe the, the culture then was drawing you into. You know what? It's time to make sure that we have cleansed ourselves from all the old regime. Amen. The old king was a bad king, and the old king did bad things to me. The old, thing, the old king caused weird stuff to me. It's time to cleanse myself from the old regime because I don't belong to Ahaz anymore. I belong to the king of Hezekiah, who is godly, wants to serve God. Amen? And so, I'm throw. say this, I'm throwing out the old regime. The old regime was a bad king. I belong to the good king. Amen? So, we are called to, um, it's interesting. So so, he follows, uh, so in following uh, God, Hezekiah gets rid of all the things that don't belong into the temple and the house of worship. It's interesting that he opens the door. I, I, had, I didn't really check this out, but he opens the door. And I thought about this. As, as he opened the door of the temple, you know what's amazing? When you open the door, when you, um, when you, if you get up, we have the same thing. We do the same thing every morning. Get up, get dressed, and then we open the things our, in our bedroom, let the light come in. You know, when you open the doors, when they open the doors, I always wonder if they open the doors of the, of the temple and you let the light shine in, all of a sudden you're starting to see what belongs and what doesn't belong. So how is the father a gardener? How is the father a pruner? It's because the father will shine his light on things in our lives. But then it's up to us to see those things and get rid of those things. Wow, so because you know what they're doing? They're taking up space. They're taking up energy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there are things in our lives from the last regime that doesn't belong in the temple because now the temple is now within us. See, the, the story of the, this, this, this portion of Scripture is that the Assyrians had influi- influenced the nation, that it had to be cleansed. So the question is, and this is where the rubber meets the road, are we willing to allow God to prune the things that don't belong? Are we willing quiet it's going to get really good hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 go back to the new testament he says this the writer of hebrews says this that therefore since we have such a great such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. It gives us the idea that I'm not going to be able to run the race that God has for me if I have these weights and these sins on me, right? So we're all called run your race, run your race. We have a race to run, right? You have the, we're pushing back the darkness and we're pushing forward the kingdom. I have a purpose in me. God's given me purpose and a plan and destiny and all this stuff, right? Raw. But well, we have these weights and sins like that, that hinder us. So, so let me listen. I just want to make sure we understand when we talk about weights and sins. So I remember, so when I rededicated my life to the Lord when I was 21 years old, um, so one of the things I loved, I loved, were um, my music and comic books. I was a nerd. I was just a, I was just a, I was a backslidden nerd. And a lot of these, and i got to be careful, right? Um, and I remember there were things that I had, there were comic books that I had, they were just flat out ungodly. There were just things in those comic books that were just flat out ungodly. There were, uh, this is going to date me, cassette tapes. <laughs> if you don't know what cassette tape, you sh- used to, used to, You'd actually have to have a cassette tape, put it in your boom box, praise the Lord. Put it in your boom box, hit play, and then if you wanted to hear it again, you had to hit rewind. And then if, but, but if you had one of those really good ones, you had that rewind that actually found the beginning of the song. Now that was a cool invention. I remember that day. That was me. And then I had one, I, then my mom bought me one that you could rewind three songs back. And like, st- I would stop right. I mean, busting right into the 80 te- 80s technology. It's amazing. So I'd have these cassette tapes, and all a lot of those. I won't tell you what kind of music I was in. It was just, just garbage, just ungodliness. You know, it was sin for me to be listening to this nonsense, right? And I remember we had a. I was living with. Um, as y'all were talking about, I was talking this morning, if y'all were in that class, the, the people that I would, we met with at that prayer meeting I told you about this morning, I actually eventually started living there. And, I, I would, and he had a burn barrel, like seriously, an old burn barrel. If you don't know what a burn, it's just a barrel that you burn stuff in, right? A burn barrel. barrel. And so you just throw all your trash in there and you burn it and it's safe and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I remember the Lord prompted me to take my comic books yeah, and my, what do you call it, like a, uh, a case of cassettes, because that's what you put them in, <laughs> and he said, ask me on each one of those comic books, ask me on each one of those cassettes, and I literally had a five, this is radical, you know, if you want radical a life, you have to do radical things. Yeah. A radical life doesn't have, a supernatural radical life doesn't happen unless you do supernatural radical things. Just saying. So I remember sitting there with um, this cassette going, Lord, what do you want me to do with it? Burn it. Okay. (sighs) What about this comic book? Um, Have you seen the way women are portrayed in that comic book? Burn it. Okay. Burn it. Burn it burn it. Take this one, burn it. Keep it. Yes. (laughs) Keep it. Yes. I burned like 90% of my stuff in that burn barrel. Amen. Amen. You know what that's called? Pruning. You know what that's called? Not allowing junk to come into my ears anymore. Not allowing junk to come in my eye gate anymore pruning, because it was producing ungodliness in me, and I had to be pruned. There were other times of ungodliness. I had to be pruned out of me, stuff that I was involved in, things that I did. And as I grew older, there's been more things that God would prune. That's why God has to... See, we get religious when we tell everybody, this is what you're supposed to not do and what you're supposed to do. You know, really, the father is the gardener, and the gardener wants to Shine the lights on those things and remove those things. Allow you to prune, get out there, let God prune, give Him permission to prune. That's where the kind of the illustration kind of falls apart a little bit because you have to give the gardener permission to prune it because you can keep it. Now, now what happens is, is we don't obey the voice of the Lord and then we don't hear the voice of the Lord anymore about those things. And it just continues to build stuff in us. So when we say no, say, I know you said no about this cassette, but I'm just going to keep it anyway. I know you said no about this, but I'm just going to. I know everybody else is allowed to do this, God, but you, for me it's sin, So, but I'm just going to. and Nobody else will really know about it. And what happens when we do that is the voice of the Lord becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. Because when we talk about hardness of your heart, it's about those things. When God asks us to do things we disobey, our heart can become hard about those things. And so for me, it was radical. I had to do something radical, right? But then there's these other things. You know, it's almost like I wish they were just, I wish you would have just said, hate, and um, get rid of all the sins that entangle you. That's not what he says. Then he uses this other term. He calls them weights. He He didn't say get rid of all the weights, the sins. He said get rid of the weights and the sin. That hinder us. There are things in our lives that, that are okay to do. They're not necessarily sinful things, but they're just weights. They're things that just weight us down, right? Um, let me say this. I want to say this. So many, we, we uh, holiness is what we're talking about. Living a life that's holy, set apart to God. That is a word that like, we don't like. But really, holiness is the power to live free. Holiness is really the power to live free. But when we talk about these weights, these things that that we do, like um, I don't know, our obsession with our hobbies. Not bad. They're not even they're not sinful. There's weights. I like, can think about like all the things. We're all mature, right? Okay? Like the worshiping, I'm just gonna say it, because the Lord won't let me not. The worshiping at the altar of our children. Our children have to be this, we have to do this, we have to, if we don't do this, don't, our children are gonna be unhe- unhealthy. Because our, our children have to be in every sport possibly imaginable. Because if they're not, they won't learn how to grow in community and, and they won't learn how to relate to other people. And, but all their stuff is on Sunday. And on Sunday nights, when there's youth in church, and we worship at the altar of our children, because we need, because we, my gosh, we got to have them in everything, because they won't be rounded. None of that's bad. None of that's even wrong. I think sports are great. I think sports does build. Teamwork and learning how to deal with people that drive you nuts. I think that I think that's true. But not at the cost of other things that are godly. We're so like parents, you're the parent. Nobody has more influence over your kids than you do unless you give it over to something else. Church needs to, we need to hear this. I know there's crazy stuff going on in our schools. But you are the parent. You have more influence over your kids than you realize. Unless we give it over to our other idol, our phones. Our amazing source, some of it's just ungodly, some of it's just waste of time. How many hours. You know what God dealt with me this week? <sighs> About just the input that I get. I'm always consuming something. I'm always getting something. I get in the car, turn on the radio. I get in the car, I, I'm going to put uh, even godly things. I'm gonna, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a I'm gonna put on a podcast so I can learn how to be a greater better better leader. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna listen to the worship. I'm gonna listen I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what's going on. The uh, the uh, the dra- the uh, trade deadline for the Hawks was last week. I gotta figure out everything that happened? happen up there. What are the Falcons gonna do next year? They're in a disaster, they're not even in a Super Bowl. Like I need to find out, I gotta get all this information. I got I got that. I got a moment, I can read this, right? I can learn everything I want to learn about everything. And God asked me this. He said, how long do you think that it takes for your brain, after you've inputted all that stuff, to rest? Because your brain, I feel like, I don't know, I have to do some science on this. But it seems like, I know from experience, that my brain doesn't just stop when I put down the phone. It just keeps going. So I did an experiment this week. I said, okay, Lord, know nothing when I'm in my car. When I'm in my car, I mean, that's the time I listen to podcasts. That's the, time I that's the time I grow. That's the time I listen to worship music. And sometimes I like to listen to rock, regular secular music. I know. <sighs> Some of those cassettes I didn't have to throw away, just saying. <laughs> and we'll just leave that between me and the Lord, what those are. And, but, but this is what I did. I just turned it off. I literally put my phone away. I turned off the radio and drove where I drove. If I was by myself in the car, I drove in silence. Yeah. Oh, I felt like I had a revival. I am not even kidding. I'm not against, do it, do it. And the first trip you made will drive, drive you nuts because you're so addicted to information and now. I gotta gotta know, I gotta know. They're having all these things. What about the government? The government's doing this. What about the balloon? The balloon, the balloon, the balloon. Oh my gosh, the balloon, shoot it down. Why didn't they shoot it down? (laughs) They let it go all the way across the country and then shoot it down. What in the world? Shoot the balloon down. Like, but we get crazy. We get crazy about all that stuff. It brings zero peace. I'm literally driving in the car. My second trip, driving in the car, and all of a sudden these ideas just started coming. The I- actually, the idea of my next my, oh my goodness, illustration came while I was just in the car, just driving. It was almost like I could hear the voice of God better. It was almost like God could direct my stuff because... I'm not force feeding. And even I, I and and this is this is for some of us. And then it was like even the worship I listen to directs me in a place. Like everything you do, it directs you everything you put in your mind directs you into a thought, a path of a thought. And God says, "I want you to be led by my spirit." So, Dylan, stand up. So, I was thinking about this while I was in the car, and I was thinking about all the stuff. Like Dylan, newly married guy, he's like, "Man, I got to, I got to get some work done on my. I got there's some things I got to do on my car. It's got a here, hold. On. It's got a. I got to, I got to, I got to change the oil. You know, Hans so says the is acting up, so I got to, I got to take care of it because I'm a good man. and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I, I'm, I'm gonna try doing my best and hope I don't break it more than I fix it." But he's got to, I got to do this, right? I got I to do, I got to do this. And then he says, um, but, but um, you know what? There's this game on, and I got to make sure I watch the game because the game is really super important. I know this isn't, this isn't you. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, just, just pretend. Make sure, no, it pretend. sports. To, I don't want to. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talk, brother. We talk. Um, so, oh yeah, because the, the game's on, and I got, I got to watch the game. And then, I, not only are the game is on, but now we have the ability to find out everything that um, that that um, whoever um, eats every day for you know <laughs> when they're, they're they're athlete, right? So, and he's like, oh yeah, 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 no, no, no. You know what? You know what I need to do? I need to go on vacation. Vacation is what I need to do. I need to make sure I go and rest and relax and and um, and all of that. I need to make sure that um, um, so when I'm I need to uh, this. Uh, A recreation and all that stuff, and then uh, a recreation and all that stuff, and then and then all this, and then there's like, and then there's food, and then all there's this candy. You know, I got to have all this other stuff, and then you find and 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 then God comes around, and says, "Hey, I want to give you some living water. Can we (laughs) here?" And I knew he was going to do that. You know why? Because I thought of that. But that's not the way God is. You drink. You taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not going to force feed any of us. He says, come on. There's things God wants to give you. But your life is so full. Your mind is so full. Your lives are so full of clutter. Leaves that aren't bearing fruit. Limbs that are shooting off in the wrong direction. Taking energy away from your life. You're like, I don't know why I don't have peace. Because could it be that you're using things from the last regime and trying to make them work as a believer? And God says, it doesn't work that way. If you want the fullness of who I am, you have to drop them. Just drop them. Uh, for that one. Yeah, don't drop that either. You have to drop them and come to God as an open hand. And give you cold coffee now. But gives you something to drink. Give you something that brings nourishment. It's cold, told me too. I was just like, well, I don't <laughs> But so many of us live with our lives so full of clutter. And what God wants to say, he just says, would you just, there's a really great song. It's called called Make Room. It says we make space, we make room. What does it say? We have come to yield to you. We make space. Listen. There's more of the Assyrians in our lives than we know. Yeah. There's more of the ways of our world that we know. It's not just the sins. It's the stuff that everybody else deems important. It's the stuff that everybody else says that you should do this. Hey, you should do this. You should do this. And then you should do You should Then you should. And we go, we drive ourselves nuts. I talked, I got the chance to speak to a bunch of uh, pastors and ministry leaders in our, in our area. And we just talked about, like even as leaders, like we got to be careful, like even in our news intake, we want to make sure that we know what's going on in our culture so much that I have, I have poisoned my mind with bad news. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, the Assyrians are all around. Yep. Yep. It's worse than it was when you were, some of you were kids. Yep. Yep. The answer never changed. It never changed. Matter of fact, he says that when the world gets darker, make sure you make space. You make more room. You don't forsake the fellowshipping of one another together. Like, if we really believe that it's really, really bad, that means then that it's time for us to get busy. I don't have time to look like the Assyrians anymore. I don't have time to, to pull things into my life. He you Well, you're a pastor. I've always been a pastor. Just, just I'll say it, and it is what it is. Like, I've only been full-time for, what, three years? Yeah, 2020, right before the pandemic happened. About that. That was an interesting first day of the job. Hey, we're having to shut the church down. Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Oh, oh my gosh. But literally. So, in Psalm 54... I started living for God when I was 21. I've been in full-time ministry for four years. The rest of it, I was working a full-time job, working 50 to 60 hours a week, dealing with people living, working in a place full of ungodliness. But I'm the light. Can I share with you this? I remember, I'll tell this story and then we'll, I remember, I want to break some thinkings of ministry for a moment because you're all called into ministry. You know how I know? Because you're all called to bear fruit. I remember I was full-time for a while, and then I, got, um, we had, to, I had to leave that job for a minute, and I was back working a, um, a secular job. I was working in a parts department. Some of you have heard this story. I was working in a department serving the technicians of that dealership. And I was having one of those. I knew I was called into ministry. I knew I'm called. Bless the Lord. So I was having one of the, I called it my poor pastor with no pulpit day. Poor David, poor David, suffering for the Lord in this dealership. And so I remember there was, it was the, in the morning at a dealership, at a tech counter, they're full because they all get their jobs right then. So it's full of people, right? Full of people. Eric, you can actually come on. up to that. Full of people. Full of technicians wanting their stuff. And I'm mad. I'm having one of those days, I'm kind of angry. <sighs> mad at the world, kind of mad at God and God speaks to me. He said, did I call you into ministry? I said, now we're talking. This is the conversation we've been wanting to have, God. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And I'm in the middle of working. You know how you're working and sometimes God's speaking to you while you're doing other things? I'm in the middle of serving all these guys. And I remember, I remember going back to the shelf to go pull a part off the shelf for these, these technicians. And I'm, I'm digging up and God's speaking to me about ministry. And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, God, ministry, one day, right? We're going we're to do this one day. And, and I, grabbed the, I grabbed the part and I looked up and there was, I looked and saw all those texts sitting at the counter. He said, David, he said, I call you to be a pastor. Now we're talking, God, now now we're talking. He says, how many of those people go to church? And I said, well, none of them, Lord. He said, you think you need a pulpit to be a pastor? You think you need a church to be a pastor? He said, you be their pastor. I was like, what does that look like, Lord? He goes, help them find me. Care about them. Love them. When they have issues, approach them, talk to them. Care about their needs care about what goes on in their lives. So the Lord taught me about ministry. We're all called into the ministry. We're all called to bear fruit. Sometimes we're so cluttered with our lives that we don't see what fruit actually looks like. It's being Jesus to people all around us that don't know Him. So I began to do it began to talk to people when they talked about their when they come, like the parts counter is like a bar. Literally people come up and as I'm looking at the parts they tell me all their problems. So I was able to talk to them. God, what's my place in 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 that person's life? Encourage them. Empathize with them. Wow, that's really tough. I'm sorry you're going through that. And then one by one would come to me and start asking me about my relationship with God. They said, David, I know know where you're at. I know who you are. What do I need to do? Guys, we're the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere we go. We said a couple of weeks ago that wherever you go is where Jesus wants to be. You know what that's called? Bearing fruit. But if I'm so cluttered with all the other stuff that's going on in my mind, if I'm so cluttered with all the other things... That are taking up space and taking up th- things that are important and things that are this, then I'll never be used by God. Let's all stand together. My pastor told me at my, at my other church, he said, David, I want you to teach a class, and it was called Forever Free. I'll never forget it. I was teaching people how to get free of addictions and all those things. Remember that, Rex? I want you to teach that class. I was like, excellent, man, opportunity, awesome. So when are we going to have this class? Sunday afternoons. Well, Pastor, that's when the Falcons play. That's when I watch football. That's when I rest. It was amazing. How giving that up on Saturday afternoon, I mean, Sunday afternoon, you, you just don't even know. You know, you're, you're a Falcons fan, you know. You're a football fan, you know, like I gave it up. But we saw so many people get delivered and set free and God was able to use me to do all those things. I just, it's amazing when you, Jessica said it like this, you can never give God something that He won't give something back in return. The only reason, it's not just that, the only reason He wants you to let it go is there's more for that He wants to give you. And you can't hold, you can't get anything from God with your clenched fists. Close your eyes. You and Him. We're going to get go a little bit late, so if you need to leave, I understand. we make space we make room god this this world's a mess so many so many kids are being brought into things that are ungodly god i hate it so many adults that are taken into captivity by different things, God, and I hate it. And people, God, they hate you because of it. God, I can't do it just on my own mental understanding. I need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in me to change me and to use me. I don't want just the gifts of the Holy Spirit to happen only in church. God, I want them outside the church. God, I want more of you, God, to reach a world that I am clueless on how to reach. God, you know, you know. So God, I need more of you. And I can't have more of you with all the stuff I'm carrying. So right there where you're standing or sitting or whatever you're doing, I want you to even see it in your mind's eye that the door of the temple of your own heart is being opened and the light is shining. So what are those things that God says, hey, that doesn't belong, whether it's a sin, whether it's a weight, it's a hobby that you care too much about, it's just, it's your, let's just call it what it is, it's low-hanging fruit, I mean, it's easy, right, but like, our, our, our phones are, like, destroying us, guys, for real. God, when was the last time you had a quiet moment? And I know life is busy, but you have times that you can't have quiet moments. God, I want more of you. More of you, God. If that's you in this place, just give it to him. If you want more of him, more of him. More of him. More of him. It's not just that we said it in the other class, not just the power, but just more of him. More of his wisdom. More of his character. More of his nature in me. Need more of you, God, and less of me. As John the Baptist said, that he would increase and I would decrease. God, I worship you. Thank you. We make space for you, God. Did you clear out the clutter? Let it be your prayer. Just pray with me as, as, um, in your heart, as I'm praying out loud. God, would you remove all the clutter? Shine the light. Hold, hold it. If if you know what that thing is, just kind of in like like have it in your hand. I want you to just picture yourself with it before God. You know, our imaginations are great. God gives us an imagination so we can see things many times. So as you have that thing, I want you to see yourself before God. I want you to see yourself putting it down on the altar, on his altar. And you give it to him. I put it right there. I just felt a weight off of Somebody. Say this, Heavenly We make space. God, I'll make room. I'll yield to you whatever you ask. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I shall glorify God in my life by the grace of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we're going to do something. We're going to go ahead and just dismiss. But, um, man, I'd, like, I'd just like to pray for some people this morning. If that's you and really God's kind of stirred on your heart, we're going to make this like we did last week, just make this place like a place of prayer. Make this place like a place of um, a, uh, a place of surrender and, Man, if you got to go, I know you got to go. There's no condemnation, and you're not worse of a human because you have to leave, okay? So there's grace, amen? But if you want to stay, uh, there's people here, uh, Jessica, my wife, uh, Rex can pray if he's not leaving. Other people, if you want to pray with us, people that I've talked to about prayer, too. If you'd like to just stay, I just sense that God wants to do something. I can't, uh, and I don't know how new this is to you, but man, as I was speaking, I just sensed the presence of God in such a great way that God wants to do something in our midst. It's a new day. It's a new day. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Just as Eric plays, just, um, do you have a seat right where you're at or you can leave or whatever you need to do, if you, or you can come forward and we'll pray with you. Um, Man, we'd love to do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Just if you want to come down, just come on down.